Harvey Keitel is good in in three roles. This one, anything Quentin puts him in, and Satan. What about Easy Rider? Is he Satan in Easy Rider? Yes. Damn it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Moonrise Kingdom. To me, Moonrise Kingdom is like, it's when Wes Anderson got really Wes Anderson-y. Like it's it's when his movies kind of became these like I think a lot of people refer them to like refer to them as like dollhouse movies like the way they're shot, at, you know like all from one perspective especially um, Bill Murray and Francis McDormand's house. I was gonna say, are you referring the literal dollhouse that was used in the, in the movie in the beginning of this movie? Well, yeah, but I mean, all the shots look like that too. They're all from like one vantage point normally. Um, and I, he, he's done that before, obviously, uh, in a lot of his movies. But I think here it's, like, most evident. His, like, the whole, like, motif that he has for the movie, like, is very, very well thought out and very, like, fantastical, right? And I think that all of his movies since then are, are a lot like that. Grand Budapest. I haven't seen French Dispatch, but I, I've heard that it's very similar. Um, although I think it's mostly in black and white, right? But but anyway, my, my point is like this is like I think this is kind of like the turning point where he just is like fully like embraced what like what he does and what he is like compared to, you know, his early, like Rushmore and his earlier movies. He's he's made his final evolution is what he's his final form. <laughs> um, I don't know the timeline, though. Um, like I'm not I'll just believe you uh, because I'm not that like. um. Ab- obsessed with Wes Anderson I like his movies but I'm not um, I don't have his timeline memorized so is this before or after um where he goes into more stop motion like Mr. Fantastic Fox Fantastic Fantastic Mr. Fox Fantastic Mr. Fox was the movie right before this one uh that was in 09 then 2012 was Moonrise Kingdom then Grand Budapest then Isle of Dogs and then French Dispatch Okay, because then um, I see what you mean. It's kind of this like cartoony without being a, an actual cartoon. Right, and just sort of like it almost feels in a world that like doesn't exist. It's like not in a reality. Where right, like, yeah. The life, the life aquatic feels a little more real, even though it does have like kind of fantastical, unreal parts. Darjeeling 2, Royal Tenenbaums, you know, and Rushmore is kind of like, his, you know, the most feels like that i have not seen bottle rocket and i need to um, yeah we we've talked about how rushmore is like the most oh far away from wes anderson wes anderson has right. been and um with this with this though it it's a weird movie in the sense that it's like this love story that's rused as almost like a um like a, a adventure scavenger hunt sort of story. Um, but it's about these kids, like these like 12 year olds, right? 12, 13, something like that. Um, but Wes Anderson does a really good job of us, of, of having us believe in this couple, I feel like. 
never heard someone use the word ruse the way you did <laughs> like it's rused as um impressed yeah, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> i um i agree with you though like the it's a love story for these 12 year olds that gets weird in some parts but it's yeah, it's hidden as this like also this action adventure thing where you get to go to these a lot of these di- well it seems like it's all like one small or two small islands but you get to go a lot, like to a lot of like different set pieces like throughout in this like little world so yeah i, I agree with that um well we're definitely going to talk about the weird parts because <laughs> that's what we're here for um the beginning of this though i'm walking into this kind of having uh no idea plot wise but kind of having an idea of like who's involved like i'm like i know a small boy is involved i know a small girl is involved they'd have to dance on the beach at some point uh bruce willis is in this bill murray yada 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 but what i got to was like i didn't realize like how they met and the fact that he ran away from like this camp and I didn't know what was going on, but then when they met in the meadow, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm caught up now. Yeah. I like that the movie kind of starts in the middle and then catches you back up. You know, it starts you right in, in everything uh, with, I think what Sam missing. And then the girl is not missing in the beginning, but she kind of escapes very quickly. And you're like, well, what, how are these two connected? And then when they meet, it shows you like how they're connected. Um, yeah. And I, do, I love the fast montage of them reading letters to each other, like the like them reading the letter that they sent, which is, uh, as we've said before, that's like, that's a Wes Anderson thing. But then not not finishing the letters at all, like stopping half through halfway through a sentence and then getting to the next one, because we don't need to hear the whole thing. I like that part about it. And I like the background of what's happening as they're reading the letters too, which is really great. Like all the stuff in the background, especially like when they're acting out the things. Cause you see like, you know, I think you already know because Sam ran away uh, initially and you've, you've heard some talk of him that he's a little bit troubled, but this is when you learn that Susie is as well. Right. Through this montage of showing her reading letters and people in the background and like her attacking people and like, explaining like things that she's done so um I, I like that part this movie is also like very tight i did not realize how short it was like it's an hour and 33 minutes and i thought it was longer than that and then when i see that and like how quickly it gets through the story is like it is very quick i was surprised at like the a little over an hour point they catch up to them right and they have them now um and, and I was like, all right, so the movie's over. And there's like 25 more minutes of the movie left. And I was like, what? Okay. Like, it wasn't dragging at the end because, you know, there's a whole point at, at, at the end of it. But um, I was surprised that, that there were 20 extra minutes after they were caught, essentially. Right, right. Yeah, and... I had kind of the same thought too. I was like, oh, oh, when they got caught, I was like, oh, I thought there was a lot more, but also it seems like how how can they fill 20 minutes? And then, you know, they do it. He does it. Yeah. It gets filled. Thank you. It does. Um, speaking re- of getting filled, what? <laughs> go on. No, no, you go ahead. What were you going to say? I really like the narrator who's explaining like all the history of the island and stuff. 
The guy in the hat. If we tried to break down every little thing in this movie, like from all the aesthetic choices to all the tiny little like bits, it would take seven hours, which we're not going to do. No, but I like pointing out some of them. I love like, first of all, just the look of the narrator, but also just all the stuff he's saying is like really like interesting, but then not important at all, but kind of important. Right. Right. And since you mentioned him, I'm going to mention something so we don't have to keep mentioning it every five seconds is, as we said, this is very Wes Anderson. The shots are extremely symmetrical and perfect. Um, And I love how their troop number 55, like just everything is so, you know, uh, even. And the the funny little gags, too, like when Ed Norton... um, goes into the tent and he's like oh it's zipped from the inside and he goes in and then behind like one of the maps is like this little hole is cut into the wall of the tent um just how matter of factly he's like he's escaped he actually says jiminy cricket he flew the coop and of course of course it's not just he escaped it's jiminy cricket he flew the coop because you know it's wes anderson but yeah which is funny too because obviously that's like a shawshank homage but also just seeing Ed Norton as like a like such a wholesome and somewhat likable character when like he's kind of a piece of shit in like a lot of his great movies. And he's, from what I hear in real life, he's just probably very demanding. He's an artiste, you know. Right. Um, but I love his intro and like the details of the camp, especially as he like goes around, and he's like giving people citations and um he's he's like what what are you guys building like a tree fort and you look up and the tree fort's like 80 feet tall off the ground yeah like that's like part of the fantastical elements like i was talking about but you're just like that's way too high and like later on the kids are all in that and we'll talk to them later but like like a piece of it breaks off and you hear it fall and then there's like a five second pause between when it hit like when it falls and when it hits you know it's like that's not real well Um, (laughs) what's really funny is um the line that the kids like what do you want us to do about it and he's like make it lower <laughs> um, and then he goes up to the kid in the motorbike and i don't know if you that kid's um he's obviously like probably the best actor of the kids actors did you recognize who that was no who is that so it's lucas hedges who plays um what you might know him from is the son well he's i think he's in manchester by the sea but he's also Francis McDormand's son in Three Billboards. Oh. Okay. Um, but he's actually really, like, probably, like, one, as I said, I think he's the best kid actor in this. Um, most of the others are just okay. I think the two leads are pretty good. I think the two leads are, are really good. Um, and it's really hard to find good kid actors, especially giving, like, a genuine performance. From a place of sincerity, but I also wonder how much of that is just Wes Anderson's acting or directing um, angle to the whole thing. Like, I feel like if he can just, you know, I feel like with his writing and the aesthetic of the whole thing, uh, he can just make anyone sound sincere. Speaking Speaking of that, we have Bruce Willis as the uh, officer um 
in this fake little town. Right. He's great. Um, it's crazy to remember that Bruce Willis can act, you know? It, it is crazy to remember that Bruce Willis can act. Like, instead, like, what, I think in 2021, he did, like, eight different movies, and he had his own category at the Razzies. He, um, from what I heard about him now, uh, I, I guess he obviously wouldn't pull that shit on, like, a director like Wes Anderson. But then again, this is kind of before he became whatever he is now. But he refuses to be on set for more than, like, two hours in a day, and he refuses to do any walking or running scenes. So everything that he has to be done in the, his like eight shitty movies a year that he comes out with has to be him like sitting down or if his character does have to stand and walk around, it has to be shot from the back and it has to be a body double. So, um, it, well, with know, those I, type of rules, it's no wonder that he could have done cosmic sin, midnight in the switchgrass out of death, survive the game, apex deadlock fortress and American siege. All in one year, Alon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, also, he I, did not fucking slow down in 2022. He's already at one, two, three, four, five, six movies, seven movies in 2022, eight movies in 2022. I wonder how many of these have been shot like over the last like five, seven years, and then they're just coming they're out. Probably just year. all shot in his basement or something. He's like, just CGI me in. I have a green screen. Oh I'm my god, leaving. that's amazing! It's like the Steven Seagal effect. Um, speaking of, of actors who just does anything that, that once had glory days, um, I, I was in a movie theater earlier today and the new Nicolas Cage movie trailer popped up the, where he plays himself, where he plays himself, let's call it something like the unfortunate cataclysm of the massively talented or something like that. Right. Um, that looks amazing. But it, it it really takes a true hero to make fun of yourself in that way. And the fact that he can admit that he has like a, a spending problem and he's so severely in debt and he'll do just about anything, like any role to get out of that debt. Um, <laughs> I wonder if that's the case for Bruce Willis is that he's like, he has to make some real estate investments or things like that. And he has to just take on these like hundred thousand dollar jobs. We are way afield. Um, I I like when after we meet Bruce Willis, he's talking to the foster family for Sam, and they're like, "Yeah, we've just decided not to take him back." And uh, <laughs> and Bruce Willis is like, "I don't understand how that works." And I was like, "These like this time too." I was like, "That's not how you can't just like." could just say like no do not bring him back to this house like I th- there's other things you got to do you know you, i think you have to take him back and then you can take him somewhere i don't think you just be like no 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 we've decided uh, we're done with him someone else can pick him up it's also occurring to me as as we talk about this is that the kid is not that bad but the girl is worse like uh yeah she's definitely worse he he has done some bad stuff but it seems like the last thing that he did isn't like the thing that you should, you know, he, he ran off. Like, I don't know that that's the thing that should put it over the edge for you, but maybe he, the, the foster parents are like, that just causes too much emotional trauma for us. Get rid of them. <laughs> it's not fair. To, they, I think I even say like, it's not fair to the other kids. So we're just going to have to cut them loose. I, I also like right after this, the, uh, 
when the kids are all talking and they're like, oh, the kids are going to help look for him. And they're like, one of them's like, yeah, if we find him, I'm not going to be the one who gets a weapon. And then it cuts to the kid holding the bat with nails coming out of it. And then they have like hatchets and bows and arrows (laughs) and shit like that. Yeah. Before we get too into that search, um, let's talk about, was it utterly apparent to you first watching this is uh, Francis McDormand and Bruce Willis having an affair? Yeah, that's obvious. Okay. Um, and Susie knows about it. Susie knows about it, obviously. Um, you think uh, Bill Murray knew about it? He was just acting in denial or? Yeah, yeah, I think for sure he knew. Definitely, uh, you know, in the car ride when um, Bruce Willis is like, well, how is, uh, how is, I think, I forget what her name is in this. Hold on. Oh, shit. It doesn't even have her name on IMDb. The mother. Son of a bitch. He says, how is your wife doing? But he uses her first name. Bill Murray looks over. I'm like, wait, what? How do you know that? (laughs) Why are you asking about her? And it gets super awkward. So, I mean, at least at that point, he has to have an inkling that something's going on. In this world that Wes Anderson created, and and you kind of explained it, but I think I, I fully understand now what you mean by this like fantastical world. It gives you a sense that these are the only people who live in this entire universe of characters that you have Bruce Willis as the cop. You have the parents, Bill Murray, Francis McDormand. You have the kids, the siblings, the troop, Ed Norton, and then a little bit of an expanded world with this other troop. Um, but that's it. Like, that's the only people you feel like live in this entire world. Um, by the way, Ed Norton plays this role just like I would imagine Jason Schwartzman would play it, but obviously he he's used somewhere else in the film. Um, but I, I yes. wonder if it, it could have been almost interchangeable, I felt like. like I, I, think, I don't know I how I felt. Schwartz, I would have been happier with Schwartzman. Like I could have seen him doing Ed Norton's more than I would want to replace Schwartzman with Ed Norton in this. Like Schwartzman's my favorite character in this. And I think it's like a perfect role for him. Such a small uh, role too. It is. I, I do want to back to uh, the present in the movie. I love when Ed Norton is like recording his thoughts like at night, you know, the it's like the first night that they've been missing. And he's like, morale is really low, possibly because Sam is the least popular scout. And then it pauses. And he's like, by a large margin. <laughs> Uh, I think that's great, and which then leads into like the Sam and Susie story and us seeing the flashback and like Sam has a lot of game for a 12 year old. Yeah. For a 12 year old orphan. Well, I mean, 12 year old orphans are in now, so I don't even know what that means by, by popularity in in pop culture like Batman. Batman's been around for a while. I I do like too how as he's walking through this church, you see like this is uh, like a Noah's Ark play, which is this maybe the first time I've ever noticed that. Uh-huh. And you have like first of all, how many fucking kids did you have? Because there's so many of them playing like the two by two by two animals, right? And then I like I you know that ties into the flood at the late at the, you know later in the movie, which I think is cool. Um, but when he just walks up, he's like, "What kind of bird are you?" And like one of the other girls start talking. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." I asked what kind of bird you are. That's a, it's a pretty good kid. Yeah. Makes her feel real special. 
I also, for the first time, noticed that the uh, it's the owl that says he likes you. And I was like, oh, so wise, owl. <laughs> so wise. <laughs> Although, why is there only one raven? I don't know. I'd have to study up on it. I like how later on she's like, yeah, I was thrown off the raven roll for some reason. Do you remember why she she like? I think she beat up someone or talked back. I can't remember. Yeah, something. A lot of physical violence with her. Uh, and then when we get back to the present, he's like, hey, we can suck on rocks for moisture. And you see them like sucking on rocks. Then he like they spit them out. He's like, I brought water too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like when he was like, yes. Uh, I, I What did you bring? I would like to take an inventory so we know what we have. <laughs> and she just brought books. <laughs> but he's not concerned he's like oh very good very good plenty of entertainment for the trip uh but the, the only way thing the I... cat the way the cat litter is like is like presented too it's like the all food. tabled like very nicely the cat food what did i say litter oh yeah the cat food uh because he's like oh you know your cat can eat the guts and she's like no no he only eats uh the finest cat food <laughs> and you point over and it's just like all set up yeah um is great yeah, it's a ton of books. And she's like, the only reason I didn't bring more is because, you know, it got too heavy. <laughs> I like how later on in the film, and it's it's mentioned here, is the only reason that they are given up at the end is because the little brother goes back for his tape recorder that she promised to give back. And, uh, and that's how, I think that's how they find out she's missing initially too. Um, mm-hmm. It's because he got a note from her. Um, uh, and that tape recorder played a much smaller role than I thought it would play. Yeah, it's uh, just a, like a little plot device. Is that a MacGuffin? I don't. That has a super MacGuffin. Nice, nice, a MacGuffin. Um, yeah, we get back to Susie's house, and you have like the three little kids at the table, and then the three spots at the table in front of that, like all facing the same direction, like just the way it was designed. I thought was once again, like, you know, dollhouse like, yeah. um, and then <laughs> I love when Francis McDormand is like, do you care that Susie is missing? And Bill Murray's like, well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get again, quite quickly, things happen in this film that I'm just like, Oh, the movie's over is when the kids find uh the two the two missing kids when the rest of the troop finds the two missing kids right um you have this almost like this all-out war that sadly we're cut away from but i wanted to see like hatchets fly arrows being shot and then Susie just fucking ramboing this kid in the back with a pair of lefty scissors I had, yeah, I literally had the exact opposite thought. And I was like, I think it's really an awesome idea that you just see the aftermath of the kids running, like the scissors in the back. And then you search them and like Susie and Sam, and they're just like, that got out of hand. And like (laughs) the bike is just in the tree. Um, But the dog died. Yeah, that was sad. Uh, I do want to back up just a little bit because my other favorite part is Francis McDormand discovers the letters, which leads to the montage. But Bill Murray, holy shit, what am I looking at? <laughs> and she's like, he does watercolors and, uh, you know, mostly uh, like locate like, like uh, landscapes, landscapes, but then a few nudes. <laughs> and he's like, did she sit for this? 
Uh, that's uh, yeah. This this kid is way ahead of his time. Uh, thankfully, she did not sit for those. You know this movie. Uh, how did? Do you know if this movie ever got any like shit for it being kind of this super adult movie starring little kids? I don't know. Um, we're about to get to the point where we can talk about that. I don't. I didn't read up on if it got anything. Um, let we can get. Let's just go to it now, and then we can go back. But so the beach scene is kind of the the weirdest part to me. Um, and when I was watching it this time, you know, they're they're dancing. They're in their like she's in her underwear. He's in his like underwear and a shirt. And I was like, okay. Yeah, this isn't this isn't that bad. It's like whatever. It's a little weird. And then she's like, "I can feel you." He's like, "Oh, are you, is it okay?" She's like, "Yeah, I like it." And then she's like, "You can touch my boob." And I was like, "Oh my god, these are fucking twelve year olds." That's why I find that scene so like this is now I remember why this scene is so fucking weird. Yeah, because the initial dancing isn't bad. Uh, I mean, they're in their underwear, but I think it's innocent enough that that it's nothing outside of like a swimsuit, right? One would wear, but. Um, the whole French kissing and groping scene is a little weird. And I'm just thinking like, this would, this would almost be okay. This would, this would almost like just go under everyone's radar in a blink. If it was like a foreign film, like if this was a French film, everyone would be like, okay, whatever the French, (laughs) but this is to like American uh, mainstream audience. And I, I just wondered if it, if it caused some problems. Now, I will say one thing I did read is that that was like the last scene he filmed. It was like a closed set. And I think he like took great care to make sure that they were like, like okay. Um, and also in the real world, I think 12 year olds are doing fucking crazy shit anyway. So like. The- <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so fucking tamed when I was 12. I just saw a, pic- <laughs> I saw a picture of me when I was 14 or like 14, 15. And Taylor looked at it and was like, ah. How old are you there? Like 11? And I was like, <laughs> oh, God. I went through the drive through line the other day, and this kid looked like a, he was like a 12 years old. And he was like, oh, how are you doing? I was like, I'm doing good. How are you? He's like, ah, oh, good. I'm, I'm getting my driver's, uh, my driver's permit tomorrow. I was like, what the hell do you mean? I, uh, when, I, when I was in college, I was doing um, casting for shorts. And I think this one was a music video. And um, we were looking for kids between the ages of eight and 12. And there's this kid who walks in the audition room. And there was another uh, audition happening, uh, like a couple rooms down for like a little bit older groups. And I was like, oh, you're in the wrong place. Like you're, you're probably looking for that one. And he goes, no, I'm 12. And I'm like, bullshit. This kid was like 5'8", like deep voice, built like a football player, and he's 12 years old. I'm like, dude, you're going to be the fucking Lou Fregno of your fucking class. We're gonna that- most. Um, there are a couple cool moments, though, in this like whole beach scene. Like, I, I love when he's like, are your ears pierced? And then shows him the earrings. And the scene of him like jamming it through her ear, I think is pretty funny. Later on, her um, mom is like, how are we going to get these fish hooks out of your ears? But then also like 
I think it's either after they kiss her or it's a different scene where he's like, it's possible I may with the bed later. It's after. And that's actually a really beautiful moment um, that I want to talk about is that she complains about how much she hates her parents and how she wishes that they would die or something. And she was an orphan and he explained how he's an orphan. And she's like, Oh, your life is probably awesome. Like you probably feel like special or whatever. And he goes about, I love you. I love you, but you don't know what you're talking about. About her like fantasy romanticizing his situation. I thought that was a really, really good moment. Yeah, that was actually right before the the weird scene. I just looked at it in my notes. So, um, yeah, that was a nice scene before it gets to the really, honestly, the weird part. Uh, a couple of things we missed before. I just want to get back to real quick. Um, I I love when they see that the scouts are onto them, and he's like, "Oh, rats! I should have used more pine needles because they found his like his old fire." Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, when Bill Murray is like yelling at the scoutmaster. And uh, at, at Ed Norton, he's like, it's assault. Uh, and they're like, are you a lawyer? Because we're lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The, the kid had to be like rushed, like airlifted to the hospital because he was like stabbed. Except he was just airlifted to the other fort. <laughs> they had an infirmary. What do you mean? Oh, right. That troop had an infirmary. Fort Lebanon. Right. So we get to the point where they are, this is where I thought the movie was coming to an end. They're like sleeping together innocently in a very small tent. And I love the reveal, the reveal that they hear something outside and he opens up the tent and it's, he he lifts it. No, he opens up the tent. It's everyone. And then he quickly closes it. And then Bill Murray just like lifts it off from them. Well, and that's when you realize that once again, these are just 12 year olds that he's like, I'll just close the tent. Yeah. I also love to like after Norton gives him the note, he's like, I just want to let you know that that was one of the best pitch camps I've ever seen. I would have given you a commendable. Uh, everyone is so great in this film. Like the acting, I feel like no one gives a bad performance. It's, except maybe you know some of the little littler kids i think the worst actors are probably played by her brothers but they're given so little and and they're just kids that i think it's easily overseen you don't need to attack the five-year-olds on it's a little much remember that fucking kid in the kingdom who can't say saudi arabia fuck him it was it was so cute his dad died a lot (laughs) um i the other thing too, so like right after this, I kind of forgot this was like a period piece until they're talking to Tilda Swinton, who his name in the movie is just social services. Um, and she's like, oh yeah, he'll probably get electroshock therapy. You're like, holy fucking shit. It's like, really? <laughs> this is where uh, this is where the wheels are turning for Bruce Willis, where he's like, oh, maybe I should adopt this kid. Yeah, right. I, I actually saw Ed Norton probably adopting. I knew he was going to get adopted by someone. That was a given. But I, I thought it was going to be Ed Norton over Bruce Willis. Yeah, well, Ed Norton, uh, he had a rough go of it towards the end of the movie. But um, 
I I like after this when Susie's back home, <laughs> Bill Murray's just walks by without a shirt on. He's like, I'll be out back and back. And he's got like an axe in his hand. He's like, just going to go chop wood. Yeah. Uh, and then Susie, like to her mom is like, I know what you're doing with that sad, dumb policeman. And she's like, he's not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then she finds the book, which was the catalyst of, of Susie deciding to run away because it was this like book about parents dealing with troubled kids um Susie confesses to her mother that she hates her nothing really gets resolved in this scene um and then what was the turn for the troop I guess it was just the one kid being like hey look we're being assholes and we should probably be nice to this kid and that yeah they decide to break him out um but before they do break him out I love the scene we get with Bruce Willis and the kid because the kid is just basically like talking about how unfair everything is. And Bruce Willis is like, I can't argue against anything you're saying, but I don't have to because you're 12 years old, <laughs> which I think is a great line. And then he offers his, him some beer. And so the kid pours out his milk to drink the beer, which I thought was disgusting. Because <laughs> you have the remnants of the milk mixed with the beer and it's just, just a bit gross. So next we finally get to Fort Lebanon. Um, the kids have basically rode all the way there. And the, the one kid's like, oh, my cousin works here. I, uh, I, he can help us. And Sam's like, can we trust him? He's like, I normally say no. <laughs> and then it's Jason Schwartzman. I knew it was Jason Schwartzman. As soon as that kid said, I have a cousin that works at the other camp. I'm like, Jason Schwartzman character coming right here. Yeah, but before that, too, we get the moment with uh, Bill Murray and Francis McDormand where they're in bed and like I Love Lucy style. They're sleeping in separate beds. Right. Um, and I love when she's like, you know, I, I want to apologize. And he's like, no, you don't have to. But uh, what specifically are you apologizing for? And she's like, oh, all of it. And then he says he says the line, I hope the roof flies off and I get sucked into space. Yeah. And she's like, don't feel sorry for yourself. And he's like, but why not? <laughs> As that's happening, the troops are helping Susie break out of her house, right? And um, uh, this scene is like super quick because then it cuts back to Sam and they're helping him now break out. And he's like, I don't want to leave without, like meaning of life without Susie is nothing. And then she pokes her head out and he's like, okay, I'll go. Oh, she's here. And then the little the little brother's like, where's my record player? <laughs> the fake thing pops up. My favorite scene, my favorite part of this is when the troop decides that they're going to go break them out and help them. And they're like, okay, we need four cans of glue and five newspapers and blah, 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 blah. And then they do the whole thing and you're like, well, they didn't use any of that stuff. And then they're like, what took you guys so long or something like that? It's like, well, we had to make the paper mache dummy. And they're like, what paper mache dummy? And then it's the scene you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so then the following day, Norton gets up and no one's around. <laughs> but he's and going then... to buy his own, like he's going to do his own everyday thing. And then he sits down at the table reading the newspaper. And then finally he's like, where the hell is everybody? <laughs> Harvey Keitel as the other troop leader is like the perfect casting in the world. Like 
having him play like a super serious Harvey Keitel character, but as a fucking scout troop leader is so great. Harvey Keitel is good in, in three roles. This one, anything Quentin puts him in, and Satan. What about Easy Rider? Is he Satan in Easy Rider? Yes. Damn it. Um, we next get to my favorite scene, which may be yours too, but Jason's Forceman. That whole thing is like... I could watch that scene over and over again. More than the actual like wedding ceremony is him explaining that they are underage and it won't hold up in court and they don't have a license, but ceremonially, you know, and, and um, emotionally, you know, people are moved by these but, sort of things. But the ritual has meaning. <laughs> he's like, he's like, are you in? Yes. Uh, I, I really want you to think about, it. yes, we want to do it. We don't have a lot of time. You really, you know, you're giving me a lot of quick answers. Wait, are you chewing gum? Everyone spit out your gum right now. <laughs> Look, I want you to stand over there by that trampoline and talk about it and then come back to me with an actual answer and don't be so quick about it. They go over there and this kid is doing like backflips on the trampoline the entire time. I I'm love lose- that just having a kid there for no reason doing the jumps on the trampoline. The whole thing, I'm losing my mind laughing. And then when they're doing the wedding ceremony, and afterwards, and they're like, does anyone have anything to say? And the one kid's like, I'm really worried about their future. Can we give them the nickels? And he's like, that's my fee. And he's like, yeah, but I just feel more comfortable. No, no, you didn't hear me. That's my fee. I'm not giving them the nickels. And there's like a long pause and he just scoots the nickels to them. It's so great. Um, now, <clears throat> talk about a MacGuffin. Is... Uh, they're home free. They're about to just get out of here. Um, no problem. Never to be found again. Uh, but Susie forgot her binoculars and she feels like those are her superpowers. So obviously Sam being the sensitive husband that he now is goes back and gets them. And well, double MacGuffin. We have the boy Susie stabbed. Lucas Hedges. He calls Paddletails on. Oh, shit. I totally forgot someone gets struck by lightning in this film. Yeah, Sam. Uh, it's also like, in order to go get, get the binoculars, why did he carry the $67 worth of nickels with him? That probably like slowed him down a little bit. Did he do that? That probably what attracted the lightning to him. Yes. So that's another MacGuffin of why, he, why was he carrying the nickels? They could have just left it on the boat. He was probably just going too fast. And then as as the kid tattles on him, like they surround him very quickly. Like everyone's in on it. I love the, like the guy like cranking the horn to go off. Like that's so perfect. Um, and then we just get, yeah, this like cool chasing, but also when he's like, why don't you like me? He's like, Oh, you, you ran away. He's like, no, no, you always haven't liked me. Like that seems good. But I love when he's like, you killed Snoopy. He's like, you killed your dog. And he's like, Snoopy, huh? Couldn't be helped. <laughs> like such a good line reading. <laughs> casualties of war <laughs> yeah and then you're right he gets uh you know the chasing in the field where he's just kind of running in like weird circles and then mm-hmm. like gets far away and then like come and get me you bastards and gets struck by lightning but then somehow they he's gotten far enough away that he gets struck by lightning all the other people come and grab him and then they're able to run to a fence and like pull up the ladder and all the kids are just standing there like 
NPCs like, what do we do? Like moving? I mean, look, I don't know about you, but if I just saw some dude get struck by lightning 20 feet in front of me, I probably would fucking get out of the what's so-called the lightning field. That's true. That's true. Probably not a place you want to go. Why is why do they have a field like that? They escape. Um, and now I believe somehow they, they everyone church. everyone ends up at the church. Well, because that's the uh, in the event of a flood, that's the safety place. Even the kids, I guess. Uh, but that kind of just they just end up there. Right. Um, and but before everyone gets to the church, Harvey Keitel is telling all of his troops, hey, we have to go to the church. That's where we go. And then he's like, who the hell is that? And it's just Edward Norton, who's been running this entire time. Like he ran to a canoe, canoed all the way here and then ran here. And he like field strips him of his command. He's like, you're not fit to lead. And then he's like, uh, the, the other guy goes to Harvey Kento. He's like, oh, you're medicine. So he like runs over to his thing, which is across a bridge and trenched completely around it. There's a trench like that then turns into a moat because of the broken water. Like that whole scene with like the water, like I assume that had to be a shit ton of water they used. And then like the fireworks going off is so cool. And then Ed Norton, like inhumanely jumping from one side to the other, then picking up Harvey Keitel, like, like a, like a groom carrying a bride over the threshold and then jumping over the water again. I love how just completely obviously fake whatever ed norton is holding is supposed to be harvey keitel but then it's like as soon as they make it across it's harvey keitel and then it's fake again when he runs away with him it's great um so now we're all in the church and social services in the form of tilda swinton shows up and i think it was bruce willis who notices them up in the balcony in the banister right he does but he lets it go and um People want to go back out and, and I guess look for them, but it's too it's too bad of a of a storm to do that. Well then Bruce Willis doesn't want them to because he's like, I don't really want them to be found right now because I don't want him to go to that boys' home or whatever, or juvenile detention and like you know, get electroshocked. But then while he's arguing, he somehow finds the bat with the nails. Like the yeah. same one that the kid had earlier. Right. He's like, no one's going anywhere. But then Lucas Hedges is like, dude, they're, they've been up here this whole time. <laughs> like points them out. Didn't the power go out or something? It did. It did. Okay. From the rain. And the lightning. And then they all end up on the roof. Obviously, it's a set piece. But then it turns into like mini, like obvious miniatures when they're like falling off and shit. Yeah. My favorite part of this is when he's like, talking to social services on a walkie-talkie but they're all on walkie-talkies and he's like i want to adopt them and she's like no you're a bachelor i can't allow it and he's like uh counselors what about the legal perspective and just like they just say a bunch of gibberish that's just like oh, we think we could win this and then like a second later he's like uh i can adopt you listen and then the social services lady's like do you want to go with him because apparently she changed her mind that quickly she's like fuck i don't want to get sued <laughs> I love uh, right before that, they're about to jump and she he goes, this is either a suicide or a victory. And I just want to tell you. And then he's like, Bruce Willis shows up. He's like, I'll adopt you. And then she he turns to Susie and Susie's like, just just let's do that. <laughs> like, let's, <laughs> let's not fucking jump. <laughs> right. Well, and two is really funny is um, 
she's like, we need to jump in the water. Uh, and it reminds me of like one of my favorite parts earlier. He's like, uh, how good of a swimmer are you? She's like, oh, I swim competitively. He's like, okay. But then he makes her wear a life jacket while she's fishing. Yeah. <laughs> and so when they're up on the roof, he's like, she's like, we need to jump in the water. He's like, damn, I didn't bring my life preserver. Uh, yeah, because he's not that strong of a swimmer. So which never uh, comes up also i just don't know if it's just really shallow water Th- they would have died like 99 percent of the chance they would have died uh yeah for sure it's a um, flood yeah uh so we have this kind of altruistic ending where susie's back home uh he's adopted He's like the assistant chief of police and like he wears a cute hat kind of way. Um, and then I guess he's not in the scouts anymore. He got kicked out. Of course he got kicked out. He defected twice and like attacked half of them. Oh, that was Susie. He probably got pinned with killing the dog too. I I love, yeah, it's like this sort of epilogue and I love that the narrator just goes on and then just for some reason starts talking about the great crop yields the next year. Oh, because of the flood. Yeah, right? Like for no reason. The one thing, question I had about this is at the end, Sam is hanging out at Susie's and then the parents call up and they're like, hey, it's dinner time, don't make us call again. And everything seems like it's great. Did they know that Sam was up there? Oh, I... I... I'm sure. Like, I think it's all cool with everyone now. Marriage think, has been saved. It's like a Bill Romeo. Murray and Francis. They're, they're just loving each other now. It would have been weird, though, if Bruce Willis and Francis got together because then the two kid lovers would be like siblings. No. That's a, no. It's already weird enough. There's no. <laughs> There's no way you need to make it more weird, you know? That's why uh, Murray and McDormand worked it out. Um, no, I, I think everything's cool now. It's Like I was saying, it's this Romeo and Juliet probably sort of thing where if they try, they know if they try to keep them apart, they're just going to fight to be together. So why not just like live amiably together? I mean, that makes sense. That so makes sense. what's the last shot of this movie? Just her like waving him goodbye and him getting into the car with bruce and driving off that's what i remember yeah um one interesting thing i found first of all this is his second least expensive movie besides bottle rocket it only cost 17 million dollars to make only huh and social services originally but that part was considered for jeremy irons and alan rickman oh yeah, Alan Rickman would have been interesting in this. But um, I really like this movie. It is, I've never really like ranked my Wes Anderson movies. They're all pretty great to me. Um, but this is, a, I think, a good one, you know, even despite the little weirdness in the, I think mostly that that middle scene, you're like, what's the intention of the director? And like, as long as there's like good intentions behind it, and I think the whole point of this movie is he was trying to just kind of, reminisce about like his own like young love as a child or whatever like being in love as like at that age and so you know if it's not coming from a creepy place it's like you know it's whatever it's a little weird i still love the movie overall i didn't think it was that 
creepy. I was just curious on what other people, critics might've been their concern about because everything was kind of done with this very innocent tone. Um, so this, uh, this movie's cute. I don't know. I don't think I've seen enough Wes Anderson to, to like do a fair enough ranking on where this would start. And I wouldn't count his like Isle of Dogs or Fantastic Mr. Fox just because I feel like they're just kind of in a league of their own separately. Um, I still need to see the aquatic life, life aquatic. I still need to see Royal Tenenbaums, but I think this is cutesy. But I think other films like The Grand Budapest and um, Rushmore have more meat to their stories. That's just me. But as like a lighthearted film that kind of makes you feel uh, good, uh, I think it's good. And, and, and I, I enjoyed it amongst all the kind of harder movies we've watched this month. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Moonrise Kingdom.